Um, if you don't know or you haven't met me before, uh, my name is Lisa Edge and I grew up here at Milford Baptist Church, gone through all the children and youth work, came out the other end, okay. <laughs> um, and currently I'm working for an organisation um, called Acorn Christian Healing Foundation. So um, I'm the operations manager for that charity um, and we equip individuals, groups, churches in... Um, Christian healing ministry skills. Um, so we see healing as a journey and we just try and equip people in that um, and, and help them in the process. Um, so we use reconciliation, healing and listening as our three main pathways to um, enter into the Christian healing process. And if you do have any questions about that, because I know Christian healing is like a, ooh, it's a bit of a weird um, and interesting topic, do come chat with me at the end. Um, and as some of you know, there is an event, just do a little promo for you, um, in a few weeks' time with Acorn in Hindhead, where we are allowing people to just come and experience what we do, but most importantly, the Father Heart of God. Um, so we've got lots of different workshops that you can attend. You can come for one day or two. There's a lovely meal cooked by my brother um, for, for people who come along as well. But if you do have questions about that event, please do come and chat to me um, after this. So I'm just going to set my timer so we don't stay here all day. Um, and I'm sorry, the, the versions of... That passage were different, but it doesn't matter. It's, it's really not the end of the world. Um, it keeps you on your toes. Um, so the version that uh, Martin was reading was the NRSV. And so I'm going to try and attempt to use the clicker. If I'm not doing it very well, just jump in, because <laughs> I'm not good at coordinating. Um, we're going to look at something today called the bridge. The bridge is an idea that we're going to dive into a little bit deeper as this talk goes on. Um, and really today's talk is about ideas and we, ideas are great but until you start acting and there's a behaviour that follows the idea it, it, it's not really got much value to it and so we're going to jump into that we're going to explore that a little bit further but if you do have your Bible feel free to follow through in Isaiah 58 and we're going to be jumping around a little bit more as well but from the passage um, in Isaiah 58, which hopefully you've got on you because we don't have it up there, um, there's three things that come from that, from me reading it, and I hope that you guys can experience that too. The first thing is that all people matter to God. There were two quite different types of people there, I think you may have seen. There was people who were kind of like holier than thou. They want to do the right thing. It doesn't mean their heart is bad. But there, there's sort of a, a religious sort of um, current going through them. And then there's Jesus, there's God, there's the humility. So all people matter to God. There's no place for holier than thou, but there's plenty of room for compassion and understanding. And I think that is the contrast that came from that first part of the passage to the second part. You went from a religious mind frame to a compassionate and understanding mind frame, which I would say is the heart of God. And when we act on God's values, healing comes for all. Oh, I did put it there. Sorry. There you go. <laughs> so value without behaviour is just an idea. 
that's uh, Reverend, we Reverend Wes Sutton, so he is the director for ACORN where I work, and he said this in a meeting that we um, had a few weeks ago, and I just thought, oh my word, I've got a lot of ideas, and my behaviour might not be matching them, and I'm claiming them to be a value. But a value without behaviour is just an idea. And maybe that's what makes values so valuable. They require action and outcome, consistency. As a believer in the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, I aspire to adopt God's values as my own. I believe his values are intentional and divine, a window to experience his love and faithfulness. And I really noticed when we were singing then, I think we're kind of all in the same page here. We love his values. Because I could hear from behind me just this wonderful <laughs> togetherness of singing and worshipping the Lord because of who he is and what he's done. However, what do we do when someone else's values cross our values, confront them? Because that can still happen in a context like church where we all kind of believe the same thing, the same values, but then there's also like another little extra bit where we can still have conflict because of our values might be slightly different. The overall value of loving God and, and who he is is the same, but there's still other values as, you know, as individuals that can, can affect relationships. So let's take Bob, for example. He's not real. I'm sorry if anyone here is called Bob. I'm not picking you out. What if he doesn't share my values? <laughs> what if he thinks I'm trying to convert him every time we go and hang out? What if he thinks I'm crazy? What if he challenges me on my values? And the other thing about Bob is I don't really feel that comfortable about his behaviours the things he campaigns for, the choices he makes. And, I mean, an example that I've, I've been confronted with before is um, I've got a friend, um, and I see her on a regular basis, and she loves a good debate. She doesn't, she doesn't think my values are wrong, but she thinks differently to me. She has different values. And she always challenges me on mine. And I go in thinking, oh my gosh, I saw her yesterday. What's she going to challenge me on today? But actually, I don't need to go in fearing that. I don't need to worry because somebody's values are different. And I think we get to a point where sometimes we say, I don't like what Bob is doing. I don't understand what Bob is doing. I think I'll just pray for him. And there is nothing wrong with prayer. Prayer is transformational. We need to be praying for one another. But don't settle to just say, I think I'll pray for them, because we're too fearful to actually engage with the person. Does that make sense? We're told to pray. Scripture tells us to do this, but it also tells us to actually do, to step out. And that's what that scripture in Isaiah is saying at the beginning, it's saying to clothe the naked, which we don't see a lot of, got to be honest. It's not like you're walking down Godming High Street and you have to do that. It says to feed the hungry. You're doing. You are praying, but you're doing. We need to be building relationship with one another. And that's where the idea of the bridge comes along. So this is an idea by a pastor called John Gray. It's an idea, but it's also a value. 
The bridge is an exchange of ideas, a place of interconnected humanity where we come and have dialogue without the fear of being judged or maligned for our personal ideology. Quite a big sentence. I think it's a sentence. I'll leave it up there so you can just sort of mull over it. But isn't that what we all want? We want to be understood and accepted. We want to belong. I think the bridge is a visual representation of God's value that we read about in Isaiah. We are called to be bridge builders, doers. It's more comfortable to admire from the sidelines the idea of acceptance and understanding. But at the end of the day, it's still just an idea. Let's build bridges that bring people together without invalidating each other. Let's stand in a place together where we don't necessarily agree, but we start dialogue that can maybe heal. <coughs> and that is what this is all about. Creating a space, so he's, John's talking about the bridge, where dialogue can take place that can bring conversation, well, and the dialogue, that can potentially bring healing to people's lives. And yes, that happens when we do it with one another and we all believe the same thing, but it also happens when we do it with people who don't share the same values. So what does this look like? Um, so this is just an explanation or, of a bridge. So it allows two fixed points that would never connect to have the ability to meet over objects and impediments that would normally keep them apart. So basically what I'm saying is I love the idea and I love the value of trying to be a bridge builder to join those things that would not normally meet. Because I'm sure if you think in your head, I mean I've got examples in my head, I won't let you know what they are, but where I probably wouldn't jump straight in and be like, yeah, off I go, I'm going to start a conversation with that person. Because it's just not natural because I don't understand all the things they believe in. I might not agree with all the things they believe in. But being a bridge builder means that we're just taking that first step to try and bring me and that other person, that other thing, together to experience the love of God. So we do need to think about this practically as well because it's not just an idea, it's a value. It might not be the best idea to start inviting strangers into your home to give them food. Don't get yourself into harm's way just because you're thinking, I need to respond to this. It might start by educating yourself on a campaign that without any understanding, it might feel quite threatening or confusing to you. So when you do have an opportunity to join in and have a conversation, you've got a little bit of depth behind you. You've got some conversation and understanding to, to go in with. One, I think one example would be something like Pride. It's very easy to watch all the, the, the different um, protests or campaigns that are going on um, and think, oh my word, I wouldn't know where to begin. But maybe the first thing we can do is start to educate ourselves on those campaigns. Why are people coming together? And get and and sort of it is it's a protest. It is, but what, why are they doing that? Because it's one thing to to ask that question. It's another thing to stand on the sidelines and just say I don't like it. 
Do your research at local organisations to see how we might be able to help if there's a charity that is doing work with homeless people. It might not be that we have to go and actually get all our clothes and start handing them out to people. It might be that there's a charity already doing the work. Find out what they're doing. See how we can get involved. Don't react. Take time with people to understand why they hold the values they do and be open to the context that they've come from. And remember that God is with you. When we meet people who don't necessarily share the same values as us, God is with you. And we read that in um, Isaiah 58. He says that he go- God goes before us and he's also behind us. So you're not alone in these moments. Ooh, sorry. I think the most important thing is that we should be welcoming. We don't block the entrance to that bridge. We don't let people stand on the sidelines. It says, your light will break forth like the dawn. Your healing will quickly appear. Your righteousness will go before you. And the glory of of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here I am. So Jesus, the bridge builder, probably the best example of somebody who is a a natural bridge builder. And I believe you guys were looking at, you had a testimony Sunday a few weeks ago. And you were looking at the Samaritan woman, the woman at the well. Am I correct or am I just, yep. And I can't, if you've got your Bible, it is John chapter 4, I believe. I'd quite like to look at this interaction that the woman at the well had with Jesus. We'll start from verse 7. I'm not going to read through the passage, I'm just going to highlight a few little bits. But there's no hesitation when Jesus meets this woman, who is a woman of difference to him. There's two different people groups, Jews and Samaritans, and normally they wouldn't wouldn't sit like this in a room together. So for Jesus to go and meet this woman, it, it is quite a big deal. And he has no hesitation. He just jumps straight in with her and he says, give me a drink of water. He doesn't, well, not that we know of, he doesn't quickly think, right, where's that woman from? She looks different to me. How will I say something to her? How can I start this conversation? He just walks to her and he says, give me a drink of water. He relates to her in her context He builds a bridge, an opportunity for dialogue that may bring healing in her life. First, he approaches a woman from a different people group without any hesitation. Second, she calls him out on this. She notices this is not normal. And third, he expresses that he knows the woman is unmarried, but it doesn't stop him from chatting with her. Isn't it funny that that's the bit that we seem to get caught up on, that this woman is unmarried? When actually the bit that was before that is that she's just from a different people group. We seem to skip over the fact that they're not the same people group and we jump straight to, oh, she's unmarried. I wonder why she was unmarried. Was she an adulterer? Was she untrustworthy? Was she unable to conceive? Because this would have been a thing back in the day as well. If, if the wife was unable to conceive, that she would then get passed on 
to another family member, and if obviously that wasn't successful, she could go to another one. Was she widowed? We seem to get so caught up on why, how, what if, when Jesus is saying, give me a drink of water. The remarkable thing here is that even though he would have known the reason for her being unmarried and he knew that there was difference between them, it wasn't necessary to bring it up. He validated the person without highlighting the issue. And that is the father heart of God. He validates the person without highlighting the issue. Not the sin. It's very easy to say he validates the person without highlighting the sin. That makes it feel even worse. He doesn't highlight the issue. So I just want to let us have a moment to think about that because we need that in our own lives. It's not just about other people, is it? It's not just about how we can express this idea and value of the bridge to other people. This is so true for each of our lives as well. He looks at us and he says, I love you, not I love you despite da 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 da, I just love you. And that is not an idea, that is a value of his. I don't think we would be singing those songs, Jesus, I adore you, we worship you, if it was an idea. Otherwise, we're a little bit confused. (laughs) So Jesus, the bridge builder. Maybe you need to meet Jesus on the bridge. Maybe you need to know that you belong, that you are valued, that you are accepted and loved. Do you need to experience the one relationship that is without condition, that doesn't invalidate you or highlight your struggles? A relationship that makes you whole and healed. I believe Jesus, well God, when I was writing this, was saying to me, join me on the bridge, baggage and all. Just come to the bridge. And we read here in Matthew 11, 28 to 30, he says, Come to me, all who are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. It's not just come to me, those who come to church every Sunday and are happy and sort of holding it together. Come to me, all. And all is people who are different from us. All is the baggage that we carry on a daily basis that brings us down and that we struggle with. And he is saying, come to me. Meet me on the bridge. What a lovely idea. What a lovely value of God's that he says, come to me. So if God doesn't hold the things we hold against ourselves, why are we? Come to me, all that are weary, but don't stay there. Often we seem to be falling into a complacency of bringing our load to Jesus, putting it at his feet, and staying there. 
Nothing is changing. We're still talking about the same issues. We're blaming the same people. But nothing has changed because we love the comfort of staying there, coming to Jesus. And I think Jesus is actually saying, just get up. You, you know, you've brought it to me, but get up. Do something. Do something with your life because there is more than just coming with your brokenness and putting it there, staying there, all comfort, like comfortable, and doing nothing with your life. God has more for each of us than that. I think some of us have been sitting at his feet for so long, broken. And it's time that we stand up and we walk into the fullness that he has for each of us. So this, coming, this means coming to Jesus still with our hurt, with our brokenness, and letting him have it, work through us with it. And still knowing that he's got our back, which is what we're reading again in Isaiah 58, that he's with us, he goes before us, he brings healing. So don't not bring those things to him. Bring them to him, but then get up and keep going, knowing he is with you. And I think the other important thing to know is that those, those burdens that we do carry, they can't separate us from God. They can't. And that's the message as well that we, then, we need to share with other people, is that despite the difference, despite that you're angry with God, that you don't understand God and what he's doing, why he's done it, why he's allowing people you love to hurt, why, after 10 years, there's still pain in your life about the same thing? 20 minutes is up. <laughs> Those things are still there, but it doesn't separate us from him because he keeps saying, come. Put it at my feet. Off you go again. I'm still with you. You get knocked down again. Come. All Go again. Keep going. There is no shame in doing it again. There is no shame in repeating hurt. But we must realise that we can come and put it before God, knowing that he then goes with us for the next step. Does this make sense? I'm not very good at communicating. <laughs> so I want to invite you today that if you do need to meet Jesus on the bridge... Just make sure there's nothing else I've missed. Don't get stuck in comfort. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. Keep going. Keep going. And don't let God's values become an idea. And so this is where I do, I want to invite you that if you do need to meet Jesus, we'll say on the bridge, to receive healing, to just come. He does not shut off the bridge. He does not shut off you being able to go to him for any reason. So come knowing that who you are will not turn him away. Who you are will not turn him away. And that's a message I think, I mean, I've had to, I still struggle with it. I think all of us, because we are so great at picking out flaws, all of us struggle a little bit with that. 
that who you are will not turn him away. But it's the truth. Otherwise, he wouldn't say, come. He would say, I can deal with you later. So come knowing that you are enough. You are enough. I'm enough, strangely. We're all enough. He's just so loving. Or maybe you've had an eagerness in your heart to share Jesus with others. Why not invite them to the bridge? It might be nice to think about how that there might be somebody you can think of straight away, or it might just be, you know, thinking about how how can I start to research, you know, like I was saying at the beginning, look at different charities that are around that are working with people, um, see what your, your friends have passion about and see how you can get involved in that as well. But I think we need to do something in order to allow others to experience the love of God because as we were reading at the beginning, everybody matters to God. But also that invite is still there for you. Just because you've given your life to the Lord, maybe not everyone has, but just because you've given your life to the Lord, that isn't the only time you'll give your life to the Lord. You may need to do it again. So that invite is always there. It's for others and it's for us. So I invite you to the bridge today. Come and join Jesus and receive healing. Thank you.